Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. So again, my name's Nellie, or Janelle. You may call me either. If I haven't met you before, come say hi at the end. Um, so we've been going through the, the characteristics of God in a series. The teaching team has split it up over different facets of who God is. And in no, ways, in no way do we think that this teaching series is going to encapsulate everything, but we're doing our best. Um, today we're going to talk about God's presence as being a characteristic of who he is that is so significant. And it's funny to pause and start talking about God's presence after we've just spent all this time worshiping in his presence. In some ways, it feels like jumping out of the ocean to talk about the ocean. But that's okay with me. Sometimes that's healthy, too. But um, I still believe he's, he's still with us and present in this moment. But all that to say, I'm not going to talk too long today because we actually really want to dive back into the ocean and and with what we've learned and, and talked about together about God's presence, we want to welcome his presence again in a very specific way. So that's what we're going to do at the end. Um, let me pray again. Well, God, we welcome you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come to open up our eyes that we could see wonderful things in your word, just like the Psalms say. And we ask for your presentness to change us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So <clears throat> one of my favorite facets of who God is is the fact that he's generous with, it, with his, his very self. And he wants us to be with him. And if you think about relationships just day to day with people that you love, it's the sweetest thing when someone actually chooses to spend time with you. Right? It's one of the five love languages, if you've read that book, quality time, being with someone. In some ways, and I won't make a theology about this, but in some ways I think one of God's main love languages is actually quality time. We see all throughout scripture, and honestly, in much of our experience, even as a vineyard church, if you look at the vineyard as a specific um, just personality of the, the worldwide church, there's something very specific to who we are as a, a local church that has to do with engaging God's presence. And we find it all throughout scripture. We're going to talk about this a little bit today. But one of the most amazing things about, about God in his being present with us, in us welcoming his presence as, as a tangible reality, is that he's just so simple. He's, he's all about relationship. And we see this all throughout scripture when we look at how Jesus, when he walked the earth, it's really clear 
that Jesus wanted to be in the presence of the Father. You can't read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, without seeing this over and over again. You have Jesus doing these incredible things, healing people, casting out demons, seeing people's lives restored, saying these phenomenal, provocative things that we're still trying to wrap our minds around in many ways today, without him taking time over and over again to go up on that mountainside to pray, to be with God, to be with the Father in his presence. It's like he knew something was necessary for life in those times. Because a new, no way do we think that Jesus was just going to pray for some religious ritual just to do it because he felt like he had to. No, he was in deep relationship with the Father. And then at the very end of Matthew's gospel, which we just finished studying as a body, the very end of Matthew's gospel in Matthew 28, what does Jesus say? What's the last thing he says? Do you guys remember? Does anyone know? He says, and behold, I am with you. Even to the very end, he says, I am with you. And so this is the phenomenal and then also really mysterious facet of exploring God in his presence as part of his character. It's really clear that he wants, he longs to be in relationship with us where we can actually be with him and experience who he is. Part of what drew me to Basileia after many years of honestly feeling like I didn't believe in church anymore, I, would, I actually would say that back when I first started coming here. Part of what drew me here is that there was something tangible in the air when, when we worshiped together that it, I could sense that God's presence was here because something felt different. Like, literally, I, my thoughts became ordered when we'd worship, and I could experience a sense of joy. And I felt changed. And that's a huge part of what um, makes me excited to be a part of this community, because I think that we have a, an inheritance that we've been given about God's presence here as we explore God's presence together. So some of you might be thinking, okay, but God is, I've heard that God is omnipresent. So what is the point of pursuing his presence? What does that even mean, Nellie? And I want to tell you I'm with you in that paradox. I think that I, I don't necessarily have a, a clear answer for that. But what I do know is that I want to do what Jesus did. And all throughout scripture, we see examples of people pursuing the presence of God. And when they do that, things happen. And I've seen that in my own experience too. And I'm going to talk about a little bit later uh, some of my experience with God's presence. But first, let's look at Scripture together. I want to look at three things that I notice in Scripture about what God's presence does and what it looks like. And I would challenge you Go throughout scripture yourself and tell me what you find because there's probably other things as well. And if you find things that are different, I would love for you to come share it with me so we can talk about it because I bet there's a lot of things. But I think there's three main, is that three? Yeah, three main things we see in scripture about God's presence. The first is 
God's presence leads. Can you say that with me? God's presence leads, as in being a leader. We can actually follow God's presence as a tangible reality of the Lord taking us somewhere. The second is, God's presence brings joy. Can you say that with me? God's presence brings joy. And the third thing is, God's presence shelters. Say that with me. God's presence shelters. So let's look at those three things in in three very simple examples through Scripture. Let's look at God's presence leading. Now, we could make a, a huge study of this, and it could take quite a long time, but I really want to make sure that we have time together to dive back into God's presence in worship and then also in ministry time. So we're going to make this a, a bit summarized. But in Exodus 33, if you were to look at someone who seemed to really make a priority of God's presence, you'll find a man named Moses. And Moses was a very intriguing figure. And if you were to just go back and read Exodus 33 and 34, I think you would be very uh, encouraged and challenged. Because what we have in Exodus 33, specifically if you were to look at like verses 12 to 22, you have Moses interacting with the Lord himself and saying, you've been telling me God to lead these people. But you haven't told me who you're sending with me. And then Moses says to the Lord, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And what does the Lord say to him? My presence will go with you and will give you rest. That's Exodus 33, 14. And then there's this beautiful inter- interaction between the Lord and Moses where he, the Lord tells him, I'm going to tell you who's going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. And then Moses goes on to say, but if you don't, if, you, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us. I'm not going anywhere without your presence. And that sets a course for the whole story of the people of God moving through the wilderness and moving through the exodus. It's, it's pretty powerful. What we can learn from Scripture is that God's presence leads. That when we, when we dig in and spend time being with him and inviting his presence to actually settle and spend, we spend time with him, our lives will go in a different direction because we will, we'll be able to be in tune with what he's saying and where we're going. And we'll be more in, in line with what he wants for us. We'll be more in line with the things that are priorities to him that may not be priorities to us. So God's presence leads. What else does God's presence do? God's presence gives joy. So in Psalm 16, 
I should tell you that if you, if you want a, a quick lesson in uh, God's presence and what it looks like for an ordinary human to interact with God's presence, you can flip through the Psalms. It's pretty simple. You're going to see some pretty raw words that were originally written as songs. It's poetry. So some of the stuff is actually really gnarly to read. But it gives me so much hope because what you see is an authentic human experience interacting with God's presence and then writing about it. So at the very end of Psalm 16, which is probably one of my favorite psalms, I'm moderately obsessed with the psalms. So the one place that even when I've been in my roughest patches in life and really kind of felt like, honestly, I couldn't read scripture, I could always read the psalms. And I'm very grateful for that. The very end of Psalm 16, you have someone going back and forth over the, the suffering of life, even talking about the reality that I'm going to die. And at the very end of this psalm, it says, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. This is the part I want you to get. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I don't know what your picture is of God and what it's like when God walks into the room, but one thing is clear. Our God is one of the most joyful, if not the most joyful being in the whole universe. Because over and over again, when you see people interacting with God, they're filled with joy. And I love this psalm because it's, it's a promise that when we are in his presence, we're filled like a empty cup with joy overflowing. And you see this over and over again in the Psalms in particular. This Psalm has meant a lot to me because um, there was a time when I was in college when I was a young life leader and um, I was working with high school kids, basically who were very uninterested in going to church and basically just trying to be their friend so that they could know who Jesus was. And I did this alongside of my dear friend, Sarah Painter, who some of you know. She was actually a Young Life leader with me, yeah, when we were in college. And when we were working on a, a team in, in college, um, our team leader was a man named Dave Meeks. And Dave was this phenomenal dad, husband, and team leader. And he was um, diagnosed with inoperable brain cancer in his early 30s. And we walked with him through this incredible suffering. And this was a psalm that I memorized during that time to just try to hang on in the midst of that pretty horrific time. But what I loved about it is that it, it reminded me of what I saw in Dave as he was dying. Because the closer he got to death, the more it seemed like he was an inch or a centimeter away from the complete nearness of Jesus. And it was so profound that even when the cancer was eating his brain, 
we would put him up in front of a, a crowd of teenagers that were squirrely and many of them atheists and they were just there because there were cute girls or guys in the room. And he would share with them what God was putting on his heart and he could sometimes barely put words together because this is how bad the cancer was eating his brain. But I'll never forget how full and deep the joy was in his eyes as he would say, do you know what God wants you to know? He loves you. He loves you. (laughs) And it showed me the reality of this psalm that in the presence of God is the fullness of joy, even in the midst of death. And it was life-changing for me. So what else does God's presence do? God's presence shelters. Has anyone ever been in a bomb shelter before? Yeah, a couple? Very cool. So we're really uh, blessed, really, to live in a time where we don't have to think about things like this in our day-to-day life. But there was a time in, our, in American history where people were literally afraid of uh, nuclear warfare. And there are still bomb shelters that you can visit. And, and I got to go to one not that long ago. I, went to, I was actually part of a poetry and art installation there. And um, it was out in East LA. And sitting in the midst of a shelter was pretty surreal. Because it's a physical place meant to actually shield you from the scariest things that we know of in, in the natural world right now and what humankind can do to each other. But there's something really almost sacred about the shelter itself. Um, it's just kind of a mysterious thing. And it's what I was reminded of when I was looking through the Psalms and preparing for this message because one thing I see over and over again when it comes to God's presence is that yes, God's presence leads. Yes, God's presence brings the fullness of joy. But God's presence also shelters and is a refuge. The Psalms say over and over again that the, the name of the Lord is like a tower, a strong tower that you can literally run into to be safe. And the passage I wanted to share with you today was actually in Psalm 31. At the end of it, uh, it says... This is really tiny print. <laughs> yeah, so we're looking at Psalm 31, 19, and 20. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them. From all human intrigues, you keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. It's interesting the context of that. It talks about God's presence hiding us from folks who say things about us that are not true. Maybe it's even, if you take a step back, God's presence hides us from the voice of the accuser, the enemy himself who wants to constantly make us feel condemned. But God's presence snatches us out of that. God's presence is literally a refuge that we can hide in. That's why when you come into a a space like at Basileo when we're worshiping in song, which is a really easy and simple way to invite God's presence 
it seems like there's music in heaven all the time because whenever we worship him in song, something special happens. And it's, it's interesting because as a, as a teaching team, as we always present our notes to each other before we um, share on Sunday. And we, we kind of give feedback. One of the things Bill said that really stood out to me is, you know, what's interesting about God's presence is that it seems like there's an objective reality where it's not just something, it's not just something that we feel or psychologically happens when God's presence is near. It's something that even folks that don't follow Jesus can sense sometimes, where literally something happens in the atmosphere that is tangible, that our senses can notice. And I've seen this happen. Um, one thing in my experience that's been um, profound in my life and, and even cha- shifted uh, the direction of the way my life was moving actually happened in worship. And it was when I was living in Portugal and I was with a friend in my living room and I had been experiencing depression. There's really no other way to put it. And it was pretty intense. And I was isolated from having access to like therapists or whatever. I was a missionary in Portugal and there was, there's just not a lot of access to things there. And so my friend basically grabbed me after dinner and said, what we're going to do is just worship the Lord. And she basically like threw the guitar in my hand and was like, you're going to worship. And honestly, my, my heart did not want to. And I, there was nothing that, quote, felt right about it. Um, but I did it anyway, partially because I had a friend saying, we're going to worship the Lord, and I need you to lead us because I don't play the guitar, so you're going to have to do it. And so <laughs> what was really interesting about this experience, and I, I think I've shared about this before, was that in the beginning, as I was doing my best to welcome God's presence and tell him who he is in song, I had a hard time remembering any chords from songs at all. It was just like, blah. I mean, I almost gave up like 18 times. And my friend said, no, keep, keep pressing on. Don't stop. And I got to a point where, I'll never forget this. Uh, we were singing Beautiful One. And there's a, an overture where, it's all from the Psalms too, by the way, where in the song we sing, worship the Lord in his presence very clearly. All of my, my, my mind was flooded with all these songs that I didn't even know how to play. And we just kept worshiping the Lord all night. And I've been a different person since that night. It's pretty profound being shaped by the presence of God. Now, in a moment, um, is going to come up, and we're going to jump back in the ocean and invite God's presence so that we can put this, put, put this to work. Uh, but one thing I do want to share about the vineyard is that this little church plant is um, part of a continuing history of churches called the Vineyard, which is just a church planning movement. It started in the early 80s. And you may know very little about the, the Vineyard, but what I do want you to know is that what set off our history was some very ordinary, humble people focusing in on caring for the marginalized and welcoming the presence of God. Literally with these words, come Holy Spirit. And what happened from that movement was a lot of pretty phenomenal supernatural things like people being healed and people 
uh, being transformed and experiencing things physically in their body from the presence of God. And that's what happens in God's presence. Because Jesus came to make all things new, and it is a present reality of what he's doing. And we get to take part in that. So I want to suggest to you that this characteristic of God in his presence is something worth spending time with. It's worth revisiting and asking ourselves, how can we invite God's presence in our daily lives all the time? I just came back from a wedding in Colorado where one of my best friends was getting married out in the mountains. And one of the things that she did was she sent out an email to everybody coming to the wedding and basically said, I know that there's going to be a lot of times for pictures. Leave your phones in the car. And honestly, I didn't do it. (laughs) And there's a handful of us who didn't. Um, But we did our best to respect her desire not to have phones out all the time. And for me, I do feel like this is one of the things that is um, just a real simple thing that I can do. Maybe you're the same. But to put down my phone more and actually not look at it for hours is one thing that maybe we can do to keep us from being distracted and inviting God's presence. And I'm submitting that to you. I'm just confessing that it's really hard for me. And I think there's a lot of things in our lives that are as really absurd and as small as this that are like little foxes spoiling the vineyard. And we're going to root them out as a community and find them. And we need to tell each other what they are. And I think we're going to see our lives changed by the presence of God. (laughs) So I'm going to invite Suze up. And she's going to lead us back into God's presence. Not that his presence ever left us, but in a very particular way. We want to invite him. So let's just sit with Nellie's word for a minute and close your eyes if you feel comfortable. I think we will move into worship in a few minutes, but it's, it's really important that we don't listen, that we stop and listen and we don't move on too quickly. So come Holy Spirit. room is covered with safety for you right now. God's presence leads us, it brings joy, and it's shelter. Mm 